Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Well, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Um, lots happened since we reconvened, or since we talked yesterday. Uh, we'd like to get some more feedback about you guys, too. We had that draft show yesterday with Joe Marino. That was a blast. We're going to bring his partner in crime on from the Locked On NFL Draft Show uh, next Wednesday. We'll probably take two or three other position groups and knock those out. Uh, if you didn't listen, please do. I'd like to hear some more feedback from you. What you guys think? Um, we went over all, of, you know, just a, a brief overview of the safeties and wide receivers, and we you know, dig, dug into the national title game quite a bit from a draft perspective, too. Obviously, some uh, high-end talent in that one. Uh, but I, I promise as we get closer and closer to the draft, which is only about four months away, uh, we will get more and more in-depth and, you know, bring in more, more experts, and we'll all learn together about the draft. So, very good stuff. The... A lot of news. The biggest news, I guess, are the Chargers are he- heading to Los Angeles. <laughs> and the new logo was just uh, just revealed here in the last half hour or so. It kind of has a uh, L.A. Dodgers feel with a little lightning bolt action. Go Chargers, go. No Chargers, no. I hope hope you know. I hope you guys know what that means. My man Roflo and I always talking Chargers in a Schwarzenegger-like voice. But anyways... Um, I don't know what to make of it. This isn't a huge shock. This We kind of knew this was coming. How does it affect the football team? I don't know. I mean, I never thought San Diego had a ridiculously great home field advantage. Uh, it's about the most beautiful area of the country. People have other things to do. Um, by no means, Chargers fans, am I discounting your love for your Chargers, though, at all? Um... I always feel for the town when a team picks up and leaves. Uh, that's a real bummer. I, I have a problem with that, without question. Um, but that is what it is, and unfortunately, that has happened for the San Diego folks. Um, but I don't think it changes the team a lot. I'm still really high on this roster. They have not yet made a hire. Uh, there's a lot of talk of people that they're interested in. We'll comment on the hire after it happens. But let's talk about a couple of these coaching hires. All right, a few to touch on. First one, well, we talked about the Jags earlier. That one already happened. But just a, another thought on you know, the, the Marone-Coughlin uh, combination coming to, t- coming to Jacksonville. I think I touched on this. I just wanted to make sure that we, I expressed it fully, though, to you guys. Um, the, clearly, that's a disciplinarian move, you know, that let's – bear down here we're not looking for we're not going to baby players anymore we're not taking it easy on every, anybody we are trying to establish a new culture here in a big big way and get on board or get out and i think that's chance doubly for Bortles, who they've announced is going to be their quarterback um and i think they feel like they can fix him i'm sure marone's been you know marone's been around him he, he probably sees his strengths and weaknesses and probably believes he can fix him which 
Okay, great. I mean, uh, I still would bring somebody else in. What they're trying to do is, train, is change the culture in Jacksonville, although they're keeping some familiar faces. And But Coughlin's overview there, I think, goes a long way. We have two more hires since we talked last. The Bills have hired Sean McDermott, most recently the Panthers defensive coordinator for the last five years or so. Uh, he's the new head coach. And what I know about him is he has a long history before his time in Carolina with Jim Johnson in Philadelphia, a blitz-heavy, super highly respected defensive mind who unfortunately passed away and is no longer with us. Um, but clearly McDermott learned, learned a lot from him. McDermott's 43 years old, so that's young by head coaching standards, up-and-comer. Um, I've heard Greg Cosell, who knows him pretty well, say things along the lines of, he's not a self-promoter, you know, he's, he's not a rah-rah guy in the media, so a lot of people don't realize how good a football mind he is, and what's interesting to me, just X's and O-wise, and I, I've told you guys this, I mean, it's hard for me to comment on the personality of these guys, because obviously making a jump from coordinator to head coach is a gigantic move, Um but, you know, with Johnson, like I said, they blitzed a lot. You know, they were a highly aggressive, come-after-you type defense in Philadelphia. For the better part of the last five years, it's been the opposite with Carolina. Heavy, heavy zone schemes. Uh, not a lot of talent and resources in the secondary. They did hit on Josh Norman, obviously, as a mid-round pick. Um, Bradbury looks like a good player. So, But you understand my formula. I mean, they, they put a lot of their draft picks, resources into linebackers, defensive line, particularly the defensive tackle position. They cover a ton of ground on the second level. Uh, they basically rush four much more often than not, play a lot of zone behind that. So is that the uh, method methodology? I'm definitely not saying that word right. That he's going to take to Buffalo now? You know, so... I wonder, I mean, does he look at Tyrod Taylor and say he's my Cam Newton and I want big receivers with big catching radiuses because this guy isn't super um, accurate, but he's also a really good runner. Are we going to implement that? Is he going to take a totally different approach to the quarterback position? I tend to think Taylor's not going to come back, but I guess the defense is more interesting. You know, are they going to be blitz happy and kind of how Rex Ryan designed this thing to be I tend to think probably not you know I would think that they will maybe they let Stefan Gilmore go and don't have a ton of resources in their back four on defense instead you know they get after you with Jerry Hughes and bring back Alexander and um, loss in the first round pick have Raglan be an every down middle linebacker and they got some pretty good play out of the second level guys too Darius and Williams at defensive tackle could be your short and Luda Lele um, I'm real interested to see how this you know how this group you know builds the team how Whaley now structures things I would think that they'll try to mimic the Panthers who's been very successful over the last couple of years, bad year, obviously, but uh, their model works if your quarterback doesn't get too beat up. But can you pay Tyrod Taylor to get beat up? So that's a concern. 
Another hire, Broncos hire Vance Joseph as their head coach. And apparently San Diego was breathing down Joseph's neck too. You know, that he had a, a, an interview scheduled with them. Well, then I guess they're not San Diego anymore. The the, the Chargers, what's called the Chargers, uh, had a an interview set up with them. So, you know, Denver pounced on him while he was in the building, you know, locked him up. He was Miami's defensive coordinator. Um, did anyone watch the Steelers-Dolphins game in the playoffs? That was not a particularly great showing by the Dolphins' defense, nor has the defense been impressive in any way, basically, for about a month or six weeks, give or take. But I would say for the majority of the season, he got more out of mediocre to below-average talent than I would have guessed. You know, anyone that started listening to this podcast from the beginning, when I was previewing the Dolphins, I thought, Gase, Tannehill, a lot of talent on that side of the ball. They should get become a pretty good offense, gradually get better throughout the year. Defense is going to be awful. It wasn't awful. It got pretty bad at the end, but it wasn't awful. A lot of injuries, obviously, were part of that problem, too. Backup safeties, Maxwell didn't play. But they got a lot out of Maxwell. They got a lot out of, he said, below average back seven talent for much of the year. Um I can't say I have a great feel for him as an X's and O's guy or a schemer. Uh, it's pretty widely reported, though, that he was um, highly sought after. You know, like I said, the, the, the Chargers were banging on his door, too. Um, so they grabbed him. He's 44 years old, supposedly very bright, well-spoken, as you would imagine. You know, I'm an up-and-coming guy, but I can't say I'm blown away by what his teams have done. <laughs> you know, their defenses have done. So we'll see on that. You know, I certainly trust the Broncos organization, you know, probably more so than I do the Bills or the 49ers or whomever. Uh, it still shocks me that Shanahan didn't end up with that job, but maybe they felt like it's a... It so often happens. I think mistakes are made this way a lot. I'm not saying it's a mistake, but I, uh, mistakes are made this way is we better hire this guy now because... San Diego's going to take him from him. We're not positive if we like him more than Shanahan or not. And again, I'm not saying this is what happened. But you do see teams act, act hastily this time of year because it's so weird. I mean, the guys you're trying to hire, some of them are preparing for NFC, you know, <laughs> you're preparing for the Seahawks right now. It's like, sorry, I'd love to interview with you, Denver, but i got to try to win a game. And what do I do for my career? You know, so the whole coaching timelines are really strange to me this time of year. And I think a lot of times you don't get the best guy and sometimes you settle for your second or third option because you take the bird in the hand. But again, I'm not saying that's what happened. I mean, apparently this is who they've wanted all along. Uh, I just think that, you know, a guy like Shanahan or the guys in New England right now kind of get screwed a little bit. <laughs> you know, that people are, the jobs are falling left and right. And hey, what about what I do wrong? I'm just sitting here trying to prepare for the Texans or Seattle or whatever. Um, it also sounds like, you know, more Charger, uh, Bronco overlap. It sounds like Joseph will hire Mike McCoy as his offensive coordinator. I like this an awful lot. Obviously McCoy was the head coach of the Chargers. Go Chargers go last year. Um, and I've said on these airwaves many times that I thought the Chargers were well-coordinated. Maybe they weren't a well-coached team from the head coaching perspective. You know, they, they'd lost a lot of tight games. Um, but I thought they were well-coordinated on the offensive, and especially defensive side of the ball. 
Um, I do think those guys were high-quality coaches, and that reflects well on McCoy. I mean, if you remember, when he took over, Rivers was the seven-step drop gunslinger taking a beating. And he still has taken a beating, but not as much. Had a ridiculous rash of offensive line injuries over the last two or three years. But McCoy changed the way that they threw their passing game, and it was like, get it out quick, read it at the line of scrimmage. You know, we're seeing that a lot more from these older quarterbacks. They're not lose a step, but they're mentally stronger than they are physically, you know, at the late stages of their career. Um, and that's kind of what happened there. And I thought their offense was quite good for all the things that they encountered uh, with McCoy. Plus, he's obviously very familiar with the division. Uh, I think that's a bonus. Um, certainly will help when they attack the Chargers, that's for sure. He's game planned for Oakland and Kansas City many times. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I honestly don't know the Joseph McCoy relationship, but I'm sure I will by the next time we talk. Uh, another coaching hire that was not a head coaching gig, but this one makes a lot of sense to me, is Greg Roman apparently is going to the Ravens. Uh, that'll be their third offensive coordinator, what, in the last three months or whatever. Um, and my thoughts on that are, Harbaugh wants to run the ball, and these last two guys won't do it enough for me. So I'm going to grab one of the best run game coordinators out there and develop a diverse, physical, hard-to-prepare-for rushing attack, and we're not going to get away from the run, and that's the kind of football we're going to play around here. I think it's great news for Kenneth Dixon. Uh, I could see him having a very big year next year. You know, just a little fantasy note there. I think he's a star on the rise, and this works out really well for him. Um, I think the line is basically in place to implement a Roman-like offensive attack. And by that, I mean, you know, think of the Bills the last few years, uh, the Harbaugh-led Niners with Kaepernick. What's interesting is Flacco is not exactly Kaepernick or Tyrod Taylor, though. I mean, and they're not moving on from Flacco. But that doesn't mean he can't, you know, install a, a very diverse and complex and effective running game, which I think will be priority number one. Would just be my hunch. Fall has arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Price is valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Fitting on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Okay, I told you earlier in the week that my plan for Thursday, Friday was going to be today I was going to talk about the Saturday games, preview them in depth. Tomorrow I was going to preview the Sunday games in depth. Well, I'm not going to do that. All these coaching hires and the move, I thought we had enough to talk about today. And I also sent a tweet out around midnight last night, and I'm not sure what inspired me. I, I, I kind of overheard Kurt Warner doing this on... Um, NFL Network, and I don't even remember what his list were, but you know, it, it occurred to me that maybe we could you know, drum up a little controversy here because the tweet that I sent certainly did, and the way I I phrased it was, if you're to rank the quarterbacks left, there's eight of them, Osweiler's last in every category, so there's seven of them that you have the most faith in. 
And that's kind of vague. You know, it's who do you have the most faith in from this point until the season ends? That's how the way I looked at it. So a lot of people ask me about the criteria. Does that mean that's the absolute best player right this second? Not quite, but certainly that matters, you know, how they're playing right now. Um, does that mean, you know, does it ding Dak Prescott because he's never played a postseason snap? Yes, it does. Does it favor Tom Brady because this is going to be his 32nd postseason game and he's won most of them? Sure. I mean, it's how much faith do you have in these respective signal callers? So my list went Brady won narrowly, 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 a hair, a smidge above Aaron Rodgers. I mean, clearly to me, these are the two guys playing the best football in the league right now. I give the slight nod to Brady because of, you know, the postseason success, the experience. Uh, but, I mean, I have nothing negative to say about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and I'm not saying that, you know, Super Bowl rings, you'll see on this list, I mean, uh, Super Bowl rings are great, but the way you're playing now is at least as important. How much faith do I have in you right now? I got an awful lot of faith in Tom Brady. I got an awful lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers. And really, that's a coin flip. But if but, but Brady's not declining at all. It's not like last year's Peyton Manning or, you know, really anyone. I mean, he, he had a phenomenal year. He's as good a year as he's really ever had. So... You can argue at and say, you know, boy, Rogers is a better player than Brady, and he might be. But who do I have more faith in for these next three weeks of games? Brady, slightly, slightly. I mean, again, you guys know I love Rogers, so there's a big gap after those two. I mean, Rogers almost seems like an unbeatable force right now, but we also didn't see Brady last week. We don't have that taste in our mouth. This one caused a lot of controversy with y'all, and I put uh, I put Matt Ryan third. Um, he's playing great football. I mean, many people out there on Twitter were like, "How can you put Matt Ryan third? He's never done anything in the playoffs. He doesn't have any rings. Uh, you got to prove it to me first. I'm like, well, yeah, that's fine, but he might win the MVP this year. He's actually the favorite to win the MVP this year." He's playing phenomenal football. He's playing better than any quarterback other than maybe Brady or Rodgers, and that's not close to me. The other guys in the in the postseason aren't close to the level of play Ryan has put together, not for the last week, but for the last 16. So I feel pretty confident that, I mean, do I think that, boy, the big stage is too much for this guy? He's going to crack? That he's, he's a fragile guy? I don't think that at all. I mean, I think he's a – I've always thought he's a quality player – and now he's playing at an extremely high level. I have a lot of faith in Matt Ryan. Uh, number four is Russell Wilson, narrowly over Ben. Uh, I have Wilson four, Ben five. Neither to me has had a particularly good year by their very, very high standards. Um, ben, especially on the road, is very troubling. Wilson's battled a lot of injuries throughout the year, probably more than we know. I also think the same is true with Ben. Um, the way he's throwing the football and things makes me wonder about his lower body health. And Wilson uh, it didn't run at all last week. I'm curious to see where he is. I have a feeling that we'll look at the 2017 season for Wilson and Ben and say, boy, these are great players, possible Hall of Famers. I think Ben's going. I think Wilson's on that path. 
and say, boy, that was a down year for them. Um, I have very much faith that Wilson will rebound. If it maybe even this week, he might light up Atlanta. I, that wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I still think these are great players. But Ben concerns me. I mean, Ben's thrown a lot of picks, a lot of near picks. Uh, going into Kansas City, I think that's very much a concern. We'll get into that tomorrow much more. Um, so I've, I've lost some faith in Ben is basically what it comes down to, especially on the road. And just compared to the elites, I mean, compared to Brady and Rogers and Ryan, I've lost faith in Ben. Um, could he get me back on the train in a heartbeat? Sure. I'm still a huge supporter. He's still better than 95% of the quarterbacks out there, but I don't think he's playing his best football right now. Glaringly on the road as well. Um, the next two were controversial, I guess, as well between Alex Smith and Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. I respect Alex Smith, and I know that he's done good things and had a couple huge games in the postseason. And he's older, and he's smart, and he's not going to make the big mistake. I still have more faith in Dak. And I'm sure the supporting cast has something to do with it, but it's to the point where he's playing so well that I don't think you can just lean on the supporting cast argument for Dak and say, well, it's all the people around him, and he's just a game manager. And, you know, I mean, Smith's more of a game manager than Dak maybe at this point, and he's played, what, 10 more years? More than that, 12 more years? Um, so that's a close one. I'm not a big Smith supporter. Anyone that's listened to me over the years absolutely knows that. I'm not crushing him, but I also think he's having a little bit of a down year too. I thought he's better the last two seasons than he's been this year, despite having more weaponry around him, more dangerous receivers I think he's played a little down. Um, red zone worries for him, too, a little bit more. I, I'm really impressed with Dak Prescott. I mean, uh, I, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but I, I would be shocked if the moment's too big for him. We'll see if he can keep up with Rodgers. And again, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. All right, as a little added bonus, we're going to sprinkle in just a little bit better, a little bit of a... Uh, Twitter Thursday, too. I know we did Twitter Tuesday yesterday, or two days ago. But just to put a little little sprinkle on top of the, the Sunday here. Um, a couple questions. Matt Gray asks, who should the Rams target in the second round? They have a lot of needs. They need a lot of things. Um, not having a first-round pick is rough. I really think that there's one one priority here that I would have one goal in mind from a personnel standpoint if I was in charge of the Rams and then some other sprinklings on the side but it's got to be all, all about the O-line you know that we got to find an O-line coach that we really trust we need to get a free agent or two and there's not many out there and then we got to get a couple younger dudes because without better much better offensive line play you have no clue what you know what you have having Goff and to a much lesser extent Gurley. And for those two to feed off each other, they need the blocking. So my priority by a huge, huge margin in with the Rams is O-line like crazy and just throw a lot at it. Pedro 35 says, can Rawls be better than Lynch? No. Marshawn Lynch is a borderline Hall of Famer. Rawls is a aggressive downhill guy that initiates contact but doesn't have close to the lateral agility of Lynch or the pure running skills. He's more of a run into what's in front of him type of back and that can be effective 
And I like Rawls. I'm also really excited to see ProSice, which we might see this week. And if they go on, I think we do see him in the NFC Championship. That's a nice combination for me of much different styles of players. But I think you're... Actually, I just read right now. CJ ProSice, Dalford will face Falcons. Just came up on my Twitter feed from Rotoworld. Rotoworld's great, by the way. Um, so, But maybe we see him in the NFC Championship chain if they move on. Next year, I think the Rawls-ProSice combination is a really strong one. It still doesn't equal Lynch. I mean, Lynch is a stud. I think you're forgetting how good a player this guy was. And he was much more than just a run real hard into some people in a straight line. Jerry Linder asks, what elite player at non-premium position was worth a first overall in hindsight? Ray Lewis, Aaron Donald, other. Tons. I mean, honestly, I mean, uh, Jadavian Clowney to me is now just a, is worth a first overall pick. He's turned into a Pro Bowl caliber player. If they were taking Khalil Mack there, that would have been very worth it. Um, certainly Aaron Donald. You know, if, if any team would have used the first overall pick in, in the 2014 draft on Aaron Donald, they're getting a lot of return for their investment, let alone a Ray Lewis or, a, you know, an all-time great. So, I mean, I think if you draft a Pro Bowler first overall, I mean, if Eric Fisher, he's one of the worst first overall picks I can remember, and I think he's in for a long day against James Harrison. But anyways, if he were the, if he turned into a Joe Thomas, or if the Browns would have taken Joe Thomas first overall, that's worth it. That's worth it. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback to, to justify that first overall pick. If you're a high, high-end player at your respective position, to me, that's worth the first overall selection. Last question of the day, Caleb Barnett asks, who should the Titans get at number five? Should they trade back? Um, my initial thought right off the bat is there's probably not much reason to trade back. You know, you have built this team pretty well. Um, it might now be time to get quant quality over quantity, and that's not, you know, I mean, obviously you can get as many good players as you want, but they have a lot of picks, and that's huge here. So I would think they're more in the market of throughout the draft, not necessarily with the fifth pick, but trading up type, you know, that, boy, we really need this corner, or we're looking at, love this receiver, can't believe he fell, package up a third-round pick, and, and move on up, you know? I mean, so I think that's a possibility. The some names, it's hard to address. I mean, no offense because you get these all the time, but I think some of you out there, again, no offense, forget that free agency exists. You know, there's a huge process to building a roster between now and the draft. Like, we had Joe Marino on yesterday talking safeties, and I thought Adams, who he was describing as a potential Sean Taylor-like safety, I looked right away and was like, boy, Tennessee at five is a perfect landing spot for him. And I think he'd be a great target player for the Titans as we sit in January. But they might sign the best safety in the market you know, between now and then. So I think mock drafts are, are done for one reason, because people click on them. And then people tell you how stupid you are for doing it. And how can you take this guy? Or why would you do that? But doing any kind of mock before free agency is bonkers. You know, you don't even know who the Titans are going to retain from their own roster, whose free, free agents are up. And this goes for every team, of course. 
who they're going to cut that's still under contract because they're not worth it anymore, who they're going to add from outside. I mean, that's, you know, it could be 20% of your roster or, you know, several key starters. But you look at Titans' needs, I think they're pretty obvious. I think they, my number one need, sort of like I talked about the Rams, but not to this degree, was I want to build a stud secondary for the Titans this offseason. Draft and free agency. I want to add at least, they have some money, I want to add at least one safety or preferably corner that could start for me now and be a above average starter and I'm going to pay for him. Then I want to use that fifth pick probably on the secondary as well. Although the other thing that would maybe lure me away is if I think Mike Williams, we talked receivers yesterday too. So all you Titans fans have to listen to yesterday's show. Uh, if, if we love Mike Williams, you know, maybe you, maybe that's too early. I don't know. We'll talk about that in terms of value. But if you can get a number one receiver with one of those first-round picks, or better yet, you take Adams at five, that other first-rounder, you, you take your third and move up and grab Williams, now you're cooking, you know. I mean, so that would be the one thing I would have my eyeball on on the offensive side of the ball is if I can get a stud number one receiver to grow with Mariota, Probably in the, preferably even in the draft, because the guys you have now can hold down the fort as he learns. That would be wonderful. I'm, all, I'm already, by the time the draft rolls around here, I've already invested in my secondary for sure with a free agent or two, but I'm not done. And then pretty much the rest of the way is best defensive player available. You know, another pass rusher? Okay. You know, Arakpo's not young and he has an injury history. I can always use another D lineman. Sure. Um, so that, that's how I would approach the Tennessee offseason. And uh, I think it could really pay off for them very, very well. All right. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network. I'm Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. We're going to break down all four games tomorrow. Over and out.